Hey guys, it's the mama here. Before we get started, I just wanted to put this quick disclaimer out there. We make light of a lot of horrible things, and trust me, they are horrible. We are not, however, making fun of the topics we discuss. Us laughing or cracking jokes is simply our way of coping with the atrocities we talk about. We have nothing but love and support for the victims and their families, and we never stoop that low. We've experienced tragedy ourselves. This is why we do what we do. That being said, stay spoopy, our friends. Horror cultural, where we grow love for all things spooky and macabre. Hey, horror. Gnome. <laughs> Gnomes are so fucking cute. <laughs> hey, horror head. Hey, everybody. How is everybody doing? Still expecting a response. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I am going to hijack the entire episode because I have a big one. And I'm okay with that. So, this is going to seem a little similar to one I did a little bit ago when I talked about zombies. That was a great topic. Thank you. So now this one, because earlier today and through it kind of over the past few months, I always thought to myself... You always thought to yourself? Always thought to myself. <laughs> um, what makes horror movies and other horror media enjoyable? Like, what is it that draws us to it? People like getting the shit scared out of them. So, this episode, I am calling The Psychology of Horror. Oh! So, why do we enjoy horror? What makes horror media so exciting for us? Is it the suspension of disbelief? Is it the comfort in knowing that most horror acts cannot happen to us in the real world? The adrenaline? Or is it a more visceral, primal Ooh. urge to Ooh, watch others me. suffer a fate worse than death? Hmm. I mean, ultimately they die. Yeah. So, <clears throat> though horror literature has existed for a few millennia by now, the horror genre gained traction as a legitimate form of literature with the novel Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole from 1765. I can honestly say I've never heard of it. I didn't either until I looked into it. It tells a story of ancient prophecies, ghostly visions, and is essentially a haunted house story. Okay. I like a good haunted house story. Like, I read the summary of it, I'm like, this doesn't sound too bad. But then I thought about it, I'm like, it's going to be written in Old English. I'm not going to keep, it's not going to keep my interest. Right. I mean, that's not entirely relevant. I just thought it was neat nonetheless. Right. So, on topic. Horror offers us a view into the window of opportunities we would normally not get. And psychopaths. We get to see how people could, realistically or unrealistically, respond to, say, the apocalypse, some viral outbreak, an alien invasion. COVID. Ugh. <laughs> A little on the nose. <laughs> or even, like, just something easy, like a haunted house. Right. It gives us a sort of frame of reference, if you will, for something that may or may not possibly happen, but most likely won't. Um, it gives us something to talk and or brag about with others. If that were me, I'd have. Right. Or, that's not, how, that's not how I would have done that, etc., etc. No, damn right well, they shit their pants. For example, The Purge. Movies oh, good one. The movie is about a government-mandated 12 hours of unrestricted anarchy. You have people out murdering strangers or others they may hate. 
People out robbing folks, blowing shit up, you get it. If I were in a situation like The Purge, I would just go rob, like, a GameStop or a, or a bookstore. I'm hiding underground. I'm a simple man. <laughs> Zombie land. Not only is it... Ah, not only is it a good comedic take on the zombie apocalypse, but it also gives you rules that the characters follow in order to survive. Double tap! Rule one, cardio. Rule two, double tap, etc., etc. You only have to run faster than the guy behind <laughs> <Yep>. you. <laughs> Which will subconsciously give the viewers a baseline for what they would do in a similar situation. Because, like, say, say zombies actually happen. People are going to be like, wait, Zombieland had some good ideas, or World War Z had some good ideas. That was a great movie. Shaun of the Dead. Love had, it! Had some good ideas. Like, they're gonna use the There's horror... A girl in, in the, the garden. garden. You got right on you. <laughs> but, like, when shit like this... If shit like this actually happens, people are gonna think to the movies that they've seen that are related to it. Right. And they're gonna think... What did they do? Right. What can I do that will also help me? But we won't throw vinyl records at the girl in the garden. No, it would probably be more like... Uh... Doors unlocked, Big Daddy! Continue. Alrighty. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a baseline for what people like us could do in a similar situation. Right. Um. It's kind of like a basic guide on... How to fucking get out of there. There's a, even a movie called The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> but yeah, like... I don't think I've seen it's that. It's supposed to be like a teen comedy kind of movie. Okay. It's like a zombie... It's probably a, why I haven't it's seen it. It's a zombie, if you will. Oh. But like, every horror That's movie... thing? Yeah. What do you think Shaun of the Dead is? Fucking awesome. It's a zombie. A zombie comedy. Okay. Um, but yeah, every horror movie kind of gives you like a basic outline of the do's and don'ts of every situation. In fact, horror movies are so like, they have such a, like a well-known structure to them that there's even a, there's like books on how to survive in horror situations. And there's like different rules. Like rule one, if you have sex, you will die. <laughs> Rule two. That's like every fucking Michael Myers. Exactly. Jason. Exactly. They're always getting speared or hacked up. Yeah. When they're fucking. It's the truth. If you drink alcohol, you will die. You will die. And like the only way to survive is to be the virgin final girl or some shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like it's like it's such well-treaded territory that we have actual books explaining how to survive slasher films, how to survive apocalypse stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so ingrained into our culture that we have figured out basic guidelines for it. True. And, you know, humans are, by nature, very curious beings. And stupid. Yeah. We want to learn as much as we can about the world around us and beyond it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to take a little sippy sip. Pardon the moment of silence. Continue. <sighs> little high quality H2O. Hell yeah. Horror movies give us a glimpse of what other humans are capable of. 
They can give us an, in, an idea of what's out in space or deep in the ocean or buried in a freezer in your neighbor's basement. See, it would have been funnier if, if she was actually in the room because I think I would have gotten a laugh out of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say it again. <laughs> horror movies give us a glimpse of what other humans are capable of they can give us an idea of what's out in space or deep in the ocean or buried in a freezer in your neighbor's basement yeah <laughs> like jeffrey dahmer john wayne gacy john wayne gacy his was under the floor i was gonna say his was bits of pe- bits and pieces of boys under the floorboards under the floor that just reminded me of an episode of Spongebob. <laughs> there's an there's like an old episode where um, Spongebob gets a squeaky pair of boots and Mr. Krabs steals them and uh, like hides them under the Krusty Krab. But he goes insane, like thinking, because like he's so... Sorry. He gets so like traumatized by the squeaky boots that he starts going insane and starts hearing squeaks everywhere else. And at one point, he just bursts and he's like, I did it! I took the boots! They're here! Under the floorboards! And he rips up the floor of the Krusty Krab, takes the boots, tongues them in the deep fryer, and then eats them. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Cultural, ladies and gentlemen. Where Mark quotes... Spongebob. They've done... They've been around... Spongebob has been around since 1999. What haven't they done that I can reference at some point? Jesus anyway. H. Christ. Anyway, from an article by Harvard Business Review, they state that research suggests we have what is known as a protective frame in order to enjoy horror. And there are three parts to it, or three points of protective frames. Physical safety, detachment, and confidence in controlling danger. <clears throat> there is no confidence in controlling danger. You'll see what I mean. We need to feel physically safe from the horror being shown to us in media. Example, there's a zombie coming toward the camera in a movie or TV show, but the action is happening at a safe distance. So it did, like, th- like right now, we're seeing a clip of a shark attack somebody. <laughs> But it's not, but it's on TV, so it's not physically near us. Right. So we're not scared. We're not like. We're scared for them. Oh shit. Yeah. About to get chewed up by a shark. Exactly. By the way, it's ridiculousness and he's in a shark cage. So we can psychologically detach from the experience. Example, a survivor is fighting a zombie. We can remind ourselves that those people are actors and we understand that their acting is what's getting us invested in what's going on. Right. And then we need to feel confident that we are in control of what danger is being shown to us. Like the shark that just swam underneath of that guy. Say you're watching a movie that might just be a bit too intense for you. You are you have control over the danger because you can turn off the movie. Right. And that's that's what I meant by confidence and control of the danger. Gotcha. And makes sense. And uh the re- the same research also suggests that if one or more of these protective frames aren't present in one way or, or another, that takes the enjoyment straight out of whatever we're watching. Like, if you can't detach from what you're seeing due to maybe, like, past trauma, like some childhood trauma or just, you know, any 
past trauma that have happened that has happened in your life. That's gonna get make it too real for you, and you're not gonna be okay, able to enjoy so it. So, like for instance, I grew up in a house that is clearly haunted. Yes. When I watch, let's just say The Conjuring. I was gonna, I was gonna suggest Amityville, but yeah. Or Amityville. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that mm-hmm. in a sense because the house I grew up in was haunted, but. Mm-hmm. Nothing was trying to harm me. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So, there is... But I can still relate to it. Yes. And I'll get to that point in a little bit. So, again, just in case you guys are too lazy to rewind a little bit. The three points of protective uh, of the protective frame are physical safety, psychological detachment, and confidence in controlling danger. Now... Many other studies show that people who are thrill-seekers who or are more open to new experiences tend to gravitate to horror media more than they don't. Okay. Um, because watching scenarios that scare us releases adrenaline and dopamine. Yep. See, I, I told you I'd get to that. Uh, those with anxiety or are otherwise chronically nervous also tend to consume more horror. Because they can... And you would think they wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I had to look into that a little bit, too. And it turns out it's a thing we can... We as humans can do. I don't know. I I think they just said, like, you can switch your anxiety. So from... One thing to another thing? Basically. They can switch their worries from, Oh, God, I need to get this paperwork done or else. To, Oh, God, what if that monster catches them? So you're swap. You're taking. You're you're basically putting your anxieties of the real from the real world on the back burner as you start worrying more about the characters that you're reading about or that watching. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I um, wish I could do that. <laughs> um, and the post horror relaxation, which yes is a thing, uh, may help relieve your anxiety altogether for a while, because so. What post relax post horror relaxation is? It's basically just the come down. Thank from- fucking god, it's over. Well, not even that. It's basically that that come down from the the, the like the adrenaline and all. Like your body gets so like tensed up. up. Yeah, you're getting amped up, and the horror movie's over. The horror game is over. Whatever you're doing that's horror related, you feel your body start to unwind. You're like, oh, yeah. you get that nice deep breath to, uh, yeah. just to untense everything. That is what is known as post-horror relaxation. Didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing either until I did the research. For those of you that are also who are also wondering, I fall into the category of open to new experiences. Because I like seeing what people come up with. You know, like, a new kind of serial killer, like, like Michael Myers, Art the Clown, stuff like that. I love... Art the Clown. I fucking love Art the Clown. But... I love seeing, like, characters... There's a guy on TikTok who dresses up as Art the Clown. Ooh. But, um... I think I like his s- name is Art the Clown. You have to look Oh, I have to, yeah. And he does a lot of lives. Nice. He- <laughs> yeah. But I like seeing them come up with new characters, like serial killers, a new murderous alien, maybe. Right. Um, creative storylines, because it's like... Horror movies... While can be while they can be enjoyable just be by being a kill fest, like a slasher film... I also do like seeing how creative they can get with the story they're trying to tell. Yeah, I need a storyline. Yeah. Not all the time, but 
Most of the time. And, like, there's movies I where I need to know why he's killing everybody he Exactly. Can. Like, there are some movies where... Like, there are some slasher movies where you're just like, I can turn my brain off for this. But then there's others where yeah, you're just... mindless entertainment. Yes. Like most Texas Chainsaw movies. Which are awesome. Except the new... And, like, Rob Zombies. Yeah. Um... And then there's other movies where you're like, I kind of want something a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Because while I love all of Rob Zombie's movies, mm-hmm. well, didn't care for the witch one too much. Uh, the uh, Witches of Salem or whatever it was called. Um, but like the other ones? Uh, like, uh, what are they called? The fi- I want to say like the Firefly Trilogy is what they're called. Like... Thousand uh, House for Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. Yes, they were fucking fantastic, but they never really told you why. Yeah, they were just fucking psychopaths killing everybody. Yeah, uh, I actually liked Devil's Re- Devil's Rejects way more than House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I have not seen Three from Hell. Oh, it's good. I'll have to watch that at some but point. I love Rob Zombie. Yeah. So. I still can't believe he made uh, Haunted World of El Super Beast. That was a weird cartoon I, movie. I haven't seen that. It is weird. <laughs> I do want to watch the monsters, even though everyone was like, oh my god, it was fucking terrible. But it's not terrible. It's just nothing really happens. But it's like, like how can I put it? You watch the monsters, like the TV show, and you're like, and I used to watch that as a kid. Yeah, and, like, the whole point is that, like, there's some kind of wacky thing going on, and it's them reacting to it, and, you know. And that's kind of what he did for the movie, but it's a two-hour movie of that. Like, if it was a shorter movie, it, people probably would have liked it more, but it just felt like it dragged on, and it was more of, like, a, it felt like an origin movie of, like, how the monsters came to... Their current home. Okay, I think I would like that. But it, the 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 main criticism that people have for the monsters is that there's no conflict, which I can see, but there also is like a conflict to it. But it's not like Herman's gonna die if we don't do this. It's more like, oh man, they have to find a new place to live. Right. That's the conflict. But especially being Rob Zombie, you would expect more. It's not even that because like. The whole thing with Rob Zombie is that he likes the he likes the the shock rock stuff. Yeah. He likes the seventies horror aesthetic where it's like it's kind of got that goofiness to it, but it's also creepy in the same way. Right. And that's what he leans into. He leans into the goofy horror stuff, like the Adams Family, the Monsters, stuff like that. And it's a good movie. It, it's it, not what you'd expect from him. Yeah, it's not a movie. You would, yeah, exactly. It's not what you would expect from Rob Zombie. It's such a deviation from what you would think a Rob Zombie movie is that I think that's what turned a lot of people off from it. Anyway. um, Oh, and also going back to what I like seeing in horror movies because of new experiences. I also like seeing really weird, wild torture scenes, which is why I like the first and second Saw movies so much. We have all the Saw movies. I, this third one, I think it was like the third or fourth. I can never remember which one it is, but it's the one where um, you find out that at the end that like the first, like every game that they played, everyone could have survived like the entire uh-huh. time. And by the end, you have to like put your hand on a saw, on, like you have to put your hand into a saw blade and get like a certain amount of blood before like a pressure 
plate moves down and you get the key to escape. And it's like two people left or one person left. And they wind up cutting their, fi- like, between their middle and ring finger, all the way through their hand, up their, like, halfway up their forearm. And then you find out, oh, everyone could have survived, and you have only had to go, like, up to here. And I'm like, bullshit! <laughs> that is bullshit! And I hated it. And that was the last time I watched Saw, and I was like, the first two are really only the good ones. That, the, the, the Saw movies kind of remind me a lot of Hostels, and yeah, those movies fuck me up. I can't, for, ugh, ugh, I don't even want to get into it. Because I'm sorry, I'm, I believe that shit happened. Oh, for 100% that happens. So anyway, horror as a medium has had a very turbulent life. From the slow burn of vintage films like Nosferatu and Hammer Horror Films... To iconic slashers like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. To that weird period in the early 2000s where everything had that grainy sepia filter and was gory for the sake of blood on cameras. And all the way to the more recent times where it's a mashup of jump scare films and deeply unsettling imagery. The jump scares get me. The jump scares, I'm so desensitized to them because I watch a lot of horror video games, uh, horror video game playthroughs on YouTube. I'm just done. I, I they still get me. It's like some of the newer and ones. And then I'm like, ah, fuck! I jumped at that. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's one of those things where it's like it's more of the anticipation that gets people. But like, I'm at the point in my uh, my horror aficionado career <laughs> that I'm just like, here comes a jump scare. Ah, there it is. Yep. But there are some that still get me. Five Nights at Freddy's got me a couple of times. <laughs> They're making that's that movie's coming out soon. They're making a movie out of Oh, the they've been making they've been trying to make a movie for years. That movie that game There's actually a teaser good. trailer out now that I still have to watch. But you want to know something crazy that I know you don't know about it? Guess who is confirmed to be in that movie? Who? Oh, like zoinks. Matthew Lillard is in the Friday Nights of Freddy's movie. <laughs> if he's playing the fucking bad guy, that's I awesome. I think he is actually. That's awesome. I think he's playing Purple Guy, who is the main villain. Anyway, um, where was my thing? Oh, um, but yeah, like, I I think the oldest movie I've seen was honest. The oldest horror movie I've seen was Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, and that was what like the thirties or forties. That's old. I do want to watch Nosferatu because you've never seen Nosferatu, not the original one that came out in the nineteen twenties. No. I would love to, just so I can say I have. Yeah. I heard it's a very creepy movie, even today. It is. By the way, they referenced that in Spongebob as well, but I'm not going to bring it up. Anyway. um, But yeah, like a lot of the newer movies, and you can find out about what I'm about to talk about in our previous video, where I talk about Renfield and uh, <coughs> Evil Dead Rise. A lot of newer movies have been going really, have been doing really well with the, like, the very unsettling imagery that kind of gets under your skin. And it's just like, it, it's like watching a good, creepy horror movie is like getting that cold chill that doesn't just like sting. It like burrows deep into your skin yeah. and you feel it in your bones. Yeah. That's the kind of good, that's like the kind of creepy horror film I love. I want to feel that movie. Hours after I leave the theater, or hours after, yeah, I want to feel that movie like so long after that I'm like, God, this is gonna fuck me up later, isn't it? I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Oh yeah, like those are the kind of horror movies I love. 
But I also love the blood and guts, turn your brain off and watch people die kind of horror movies. Everyone loves a good slasher film. Fuck yeah. Hence why we do this podcast. Exactly. Horror is one of, if not the most rebooted genre in film altogether. Now, don't quote me on that because that's just my personal opinion, but I have very good information that leans toward that um, point of view. You know, like... Do you have anything to back that up? I can give you three names that will back that up. Actually, I can give you a list of names. Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th. Yep. Dracula. Thank you. You get it now? Yep. So many horror movies have been given sequels, reboots, and not even just horror movies, horror like characters. Like, how many Dracula movies are there? I, I can't count that. How many movies involve werewolves? How many movies involve zombies? And the way they keep it going is that they adjust the lore of the characters. You know what was a great horror movie and I wish they would do another one? Which one? Nightbreed. Oh yeah, Nightbreed was good. Nightbreed was good. Um an example of a of a reboot that didn't necessarily need to happen. Um Fright Night. Um I like Fright Night. I liked I like Fright Night too, but the reboot didn't really need to be made because the first one still holds up pretty well. Yes, it does. And for those of you that don't know, Fright Night is a vampire movie. In the original form, uh, it starred Chris Sarandon as the main villain. And for those of you that don't know who Chris Sarandon is, he is also Jack Skellington. And he was also in Chucky. He was the police officer that helped out. Um, but yeah, they remade that movie in, I want to say, 2010, 2011. Because it, it had Anton Yelchin in, in it, I think. And he passed away in, like, 2012? No. No, I think he died 2016. So it was somewhere between 2011 and 2015. In that time frame. Um, I forget who plays the... Vi- oh, uh... Oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, he plays Chris Sarandon's character from the movie... And I forget who he is. I forget who plays him in the original movie, but the Exorcist slash TV host character from the original one, they when they did the remake, they made that guy play. They had uh, David Tennant play that character, and I think it was around that time that David Tennant was still very popular as um, Doctor Who. Because he was still every, He is almost everyone's first doctor in Doctor Who. Except for me. My first one was Matt Smith. But anyway. He is a very popular actor because of that. And I think that's what they were banking on. Having David Tennant and Colin Farrell. But it's a solid remake. But it didn't need to happen. If you know it. Like. They could have made a similar movie with the same characters. Or not the same characters. The same actors. Could have been something completely different, and it still would have been fine. It just didn't need to be Fright Night. There are some that just don't. Another, but I do wish they would do another Nightbreed. Nightbreed sequel would be cool, or even a that would be a good reboot. I think. You know what was great? American Werewolf in London. Yes. And then what was it? American Werewolf in Paris. Yes. 
They were both good. Yes, American Werewolf they, in London. I would love a remake of that. Yeah. Um, the dead the, guy with his skin Yeah. And, it, and he's just, like, snarky the whole movie. He basically shows up at, as, the, as the main character's, like, vision. He's just like, so, uh, when are you going to kill yourself? <laughs> now when, I want to watch that. So anyway, another example of a horror movie that didn't need... Well, let me rephrase. A horror remake that didn't need to happen. Because it was essentially a shot-for-shot remake and it added nothing new. Psycho! From the yeah. 1990s with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Didn't need to happen. Essentially a shot-for-shot remake of the original Psycho movie, but today. Well, today, as in the 1990s when it came out. Air testicles. So yeah, like, horror has gotten so many reboots and so many um sequels that it's it's ridiculous. Hellraiser. That got a reboot recently, but that was an example of a good reboot. I thought that was really good. That was a great movie. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Didn't we watch like six of them in a row or some shit? I think we got to four. We got like to four or five. Yeah, we got and to they've four. And they were all not horrible. No, they weren't. That was the weird part. They weren't that, but they weren't. And uh, I believe me and Aunt Christy, me and Aunt Christy watched the new one together and we were both like, Wow. Yeah. And, um, Alien, that's another horror movie. That's that another... one... That one's got some ups and downs in it. Yeah, but overall... Solid franchise. Same thing with, um... Predator. Predator. That's what I was just about to say. Predator... So here's here's my watch-don't-watch watch of Predator. Watch the original Predator. Do not watch Predator 2 unless you want to watch a movie that's so bad that it's funny. Because that's kind of what it is. Um, the third one was Predators, which is when they get sent to an uh, sent to a separate planet and are haunted by predators. Uh, watch that one. I didn't hate the new one where the predators good. were hunting each other. Oh, the predator. Yeah, that one was it. Was okay. Did you watch Prey yet on Hulu? I don't... Wait, what was it about? It is essentially Native Americans versus Predators. Literally. It's on Hulu. It's really fucking good. Okay, nope, I haven't watched it. It is really fucking good. Like, me and my friends and I watched that when it it came out on Hulu, and we were like, that was great! (laughs) But yeah, watch Prey. You'll like it. Um... And... You know, they had these franchises. Sorry, I got a little offset off. Well, uh, you topic. guys should be used to that by now. <laughs> yeah. But all these franchises have so many movies under their names. It almost feels like a slog to watch them all. And trust me, it can be. I'm looking at you. 2011's A Nightmare on Elm Street. God. Great casting for uh, Freddy Krueger. Jackie Earl Haley, great casting. That movie was so boring. Yeah. Um,. Anyway. And the Freddy versus Jason. I mean, come the fuck Freddy on. versus Jason was so bad it was funny. It was fucking come on. It was funny. It was funny because of how bad it was. Um, same with Alien versus Predator. The first Alien versus Predator, it was it was okay. Second one, it was horrible. I hate I don't say I hate movies very often. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> anyway, dial rolling back to a previous point that you had brought up. 
People love horror when they can connect or relate to one or more characters in the story. If a character dies, we can genuinely feel sad about their lo- about the loss. Or if a character survives, we can feel relief and even cheer for their victory. And trust me, I've heard some cheers in horror movies and theaters. It's right. funny. Yeah. Conversely, though, we can also feel dread or anxiety if the villain is revealed to be alive at the end... Or if he succeeds in killing everyone that he sets out to kill. Right. And it's, like, I don't, like, I can, it's one of those, I think it's one of those things where, like, we relate to the character because they have a certain trait that we see in ourselves. Or, or someone we love, yeah. Like, we can connect that character to someone we know. Um, I think, I don't, I feel like there's a term for it, but I don't exactly know. Pardon me one second, I need uh, another little sippy sip. I'm doing a lot of talking this episode. Like compassion. Yeah, it's it's like a compassion thing. Ah, oh, I feel better. Anyway. Sorry, I am here. I am listening. I'm also putting groceries away. But, um, the fact that we can relate to characters, or, you know, just in general, relate to anyone in a movie... That helps us get it more invested. It helps us connect to whatever the story is a bit more. You know, that sort of thing. So, I started watching horror movies as a kid. Both of my mom and my dad had me watch the classics growing up. Halloween, which is my dad's favorite movie. Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th. Hellraiser. My mom got me on some of the more obscure stuff like Nightbreed. Fright Night. Uh, Hellraiser, which I feel like can be considered obscure back in the day. She also had me watch Children of the Corn when I was a little older, but that movie did not age well. The original, yeah. the original one did not age well. No. Texas Chainsaw Massacre I've seen, um, Christ, Pumpkinhead, Alien, I've watched... And you know it was me that had to watch Pumpkinhead. yeah. As I look at the signed photograph of Lance Henriksen with Pumpkinhead, you're welcome. But because of how many horror movies I've seen, I've been able to grow up more accustomed to blood and gore and violence. Except for that two year time frame where somehow I was scared of Jeepers Creepers because my brother made me watch it. (laughs) And I did not watch horror movies for like two years because of that. And it was weird. Okay, first of all, (laughs) if no one heard that, she just shouted Chucky because I have a fear of dolls. I don't like them either. In my defense, I got over that fear of Chucky, and I've watched every fucking movie since. And I was planning on watching the TV show. I watched a couple episodes. I thought it was dumb. But anyway, it's... It's you get more accustomed to the things that you're seeing, and it's like you're kind of building a resilience to that kind of stuff. So it's not like it, it kind of, like when you see that stuff in real life, you're not like, ah, ah, oh my yeah, you're just like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like nowadays, if I get a cut and it's like a bad cut, I'm like, well, that's not good. I should clean that up. Whereas a normal person would be like, ah. Or, like, I break a bone. I'm like, well, that fucking hurts. Whereas a normal piece of person would be like, <laughs> with their arm dangling and they broke their toe instead. But it's something like that. You grow more resilient 
to the fucked up imagery and the fucked up situations that can happen in real life because you've seen most of it in it a movie. It makes it more normal. Exactly. It normalizes these situations to help you... And honestly, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad Well, thing. if you think about it, it, it's, it is a good thing because it helps you keep a level head and make a more calm, collected uh, choice or response to that situation. You know what I mean? It helps you. It helps you stay focused in the moment. Well, not only that, but I think that having an understanding of a horror flick, and then when you have something not great happen to you, you can always go, "Well, at least I didn't get my throat slashed." Exactly. Like, and I actually think I bring that up a little bit later too. <laughs> that kind of a uh, situation. Um. And so, there was, and there maybe still is, I don't know, because I'm in that community, so I don't see it as much. Uh, there was, but maybe still is, a stigma about horror fans. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that we're all nuts. Yeah, exactly. That we're depraved, we're twisted sickos, we dress like psychopaths and only listen to metal music and praise Satan and all that shit. Satan ain't real. And that's not true at all, because I myself, I don't dress like a metalhead or a goth kid. Do I? I am literally wearing a shirt that says Fart Ninja on it. (laughs) I dress like a nerd. I dress in niche clothing of things that barely anyone knows. And I don't even listen to just metal music. I listen to alt-rock and vaporwave in my spare time. (laughs) I, well... I do listen to metal. Oh, trust me, I got you in here too. But I also listen to old school hip hop and dubstep. Yup. And fucking, I absolutely love classical like Bach and Beethoven. Rep my boy Tchaikovsky. Anyway. <laughs> and Tchaikovsky. Um, and I even put in my mom dresses like a mom and listens to gangster rap along with metal. <laughs> I do. See, I told you I got you. what does dresses like a mom mean? I'm pointing to her. I have a long sleeve t-shirt and... All right, I have leggings on. (laughs) She dresses like a mom. But I... I I'm not saying it as a bad thing. I'm saying... I do have nice clothes. I mean, at least my sneakers are expensive. Well, I'm not saying you dress like a mom is a bad thing. I'm trying to, like... When you... I don't dress like a soccer mom. No, you do not. Nothing against soccer moms, but... Like, when I tell you guys... What does a typical mom dress like? Most people are going to think, you know, like, if if the mom's at home, they're going to have the hair up. They're going to have, like, exactly. And she's laughing because she has her hair up. They're going to have their hair up. They're going to have just, like, plain clothes, like a long sleeve shirt or, like a, like, a dirty T-shirt. Not dirty because it's, like, ruined, but, like, dirty because they've probably been cleaning or because it's an old shirt. And, like... And, and, or it's comfortable. Yeah, or leggings slash uh, sweatpants, like joggers on. Like, you're going to think of a comfy mother at home. Yeah, that's me. But that's what I mean by you dress like a mom. And, um... I do clean up nice when I want to. So do I. My friends, who are also horror fans, like my best friend Nikki, our friend Will, like people that I know, they dress like normal people and listen to normal music. Hell, Nikki ba- Nikki listens to prog ma- rock and prog metal because of her boyfriend. And she loves it. 
And she listens to 80s rock. And she listens to a lot of podcasts. But it's the fact that, like... Does she listen to ours? I fucking hope so. I fucking hope so. Nikki, swear to God. (laughs) It's on site if you don't. But my point is, horror fans come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and life paths. I have seen goth people walking out of romance movies. Wow. I have seen preppy cheerleader types walking out of slasher films. Because they're the ones that die first. Exactly. <laughs> like, literally, when I went and saw Scream, there were, like, preppy... What what I would, in high school, call a preppy kid. There were preppy kids coming out of that movie. There were children coming out of Evil Dead Rise. Fucking A. Parenting done right. But it, it's... My point is... Horror means a lot of things to a lot of people. And the only thing I ask you guys to not do to a horror fan is ask us what our favorite horror movie is. Because, God, we've seen so many. Or stereotype us. Yeah. Like... I mean, that is why we're here. We do horror. Yeah. Of all types. And like I said... I mean, like, Mom knows I go to the horror... I go to horror conventions whenever they're around. I have met... And you never invite me. Because you never want to go. You're not a convention person. Well, but you never ask. I have! I've asked twice, and you're like, oh, I'd love to go, but there's going to be so many people, and it's going to get real warm. I don't people well. Well, you know, I'm going through the menopause. I get hot. (laughs) Like, I've gone to so many horror conventions. I have met Lance Henriksen. That's how I got the signed signed fucking picture. I've met... I've met John Carpenter. I've met fucking... Uh, I've met so many people. I've... I, Freddy Krueger himself! Actually, I didn't get to meet him. Oh. Because it was like... We were waiting... We would have had to wait like six hours to meet him. Yeah, no. I've met... Nothing. I've met Clive Barker! Fucking sweet! I've met most of the people that played oh. uh, Jason Voorhees. Um, I've met so many horror... I've met Rob Schneider at a horror convention. Rob Schneider! Of all people! But have you met Corey Taylor yet? I could have. But his line was ridiculous and I was not waiting three hours. Because I would have fucking PayPal'd you the money for that one. I also... Oh, who is that? Yeah, because that convention, Corey Taylor was there. Yes, I know. Because I remember I got a notification saying he was there. And I was like, oh my god! And I, I would have waited all fucking day to meet Corey Taylor. I, w- I would have tried to, but it was like, but it was also the fact that I'd it was- I'd be like, I'll be right here. It was also the fact that his signatures, his autographs were like $80 and that I'd was- I'd have paid it. That was not money I had on me that I was willing to I'd spend. I'd have fucking PayPal to tell you. Um, but yeah, I've met so many people that were just like the- co- Some of the nicest people I have ever met in my life are metalheads and horror fans, as mom raises her hand. But, I digress. Horror has been a staple in human history since ancient times, and has only evolved, or devolved, depending on who you ask, over the past few hundreds to thousands of years. It can help us cope with our own reality. You know, like, we use movies in general to escape from whatever we're going through in that day, that time, that year. But horror movies help us understand that, like, Sometimes what we're going through isn't... Ain't all that bad. Yeah, it's not the worst thing that could happen. It can reveal something about ourselves that we didn't know about before. Like, 
you could find out a fear that you didn't know you had. Clowns. Yeah. Dolls. Mirror. Fucking mirrors get me. And, like, so... I found this... So, I found this out from not even a horror movie. I found this out from a sci-fi movie. I don't like things involving fingernails and toenails. No, me either. Especially the pulling out of. So, do you know what movie I'm talking about? No, but there's quite a few of them that have that. So... If you want to watch a movie that has a really gross fingernail I scene... I I've seen it. District 9. Yup! Yup. And for those of you that don't know, District 9 is a sci-fi movie about a newscaster... Oh, God, I can see that scene in yup, my head. Who is in... I think it take, takes place in South Africa after <sighs> aliens have come down to the planet and have established their own little society. District 9 I itself... Can... Is a location... Look, I'm holding my... Yeah, she's cringing real bad. Um, District 9 itself in the movie And is... not even that part, too, but when, like, girls are in the fucking... And they're clawing at shit... And oh, like, yeah, they're, like, when they claw at the floor and the nails pull off. See, and the reason I relate so much to that because is because... you have long nails. I ha- Well, they're not long anymore, but... but you used that. I nails. have broken them. Yes. And throughout the movie... The ca- the main character, played by Charlotte Copley, who was also um, Howling Mad Murdoch in the more recent A-Team yes. movie. He, throughout the movie, is slowly transforming into one of those aliens. And there's a scene where he's at a party, and he's like, he starts feeling sick, so he goes into the bathroom to see what's going on. And he looks at his hand, and one of the nails looks loose, and he just peels it right off his hand. And, and oh my god, when I saw that, I cringed. So hard, I could feel it in my bones. And when your teeth and the teeth, teeth falling out doesn't bother me. Oh no, 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 that bothers me. Like, it, like when they pull it out, I'm like, ah, oh, that's gross. But when I see someone peel off a fingernail or a toenail, that skeeves me out so much. Yeah, it's pretty fucking nasty. But yeah, something we didn't know about ourselves before. It can also relieve stress, like I brought up earlier with the post horror relaxation. It can foster love because... Hear me out on this. You're going to think this is weird. Like, you know why horror movies make such great uh, date ideas? Because it's the... The girl holds on to the guy. Exactly. It's the shared experience. That'd be Big Daddy holding on to me because he don't like horror flicks. It's the shared experience of uh, of experiencing something, something scary. It, yeah, something horrifying together. And it brings you closer physically and emotionally... And the post-horror relaxation, you're like, wow, that was blah, 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 and all that. And it can all, wait, where was it? It can show us that somewhere out there is something more terrifying than what we could be going through right now. Or that we could ever go through, ever. Like, there's shit that goes on in, like, Europe and Africa that people like me, Mom, and possibly anyone else who's listening... Our five listeners. Yeah, that we will never have to go through. But now that... But these horror movies... And these people go through that shit on a daily basis. Exactly. And these movies bring that kind of stuff to light for people like us so we understand what other cultures have to go through. Like, females being... Like castrated and foot binding and yeah, you know and for and forced marriages, forced childbirth. Ugh. Um, it shows us what we may not want to see for either shock value, maybe to teach a lesson, but it's always for someone's enjoyment. And that's how I end this.
That was pretty fucking good. Thank you. <laughs> I spent all day fucking researching that. That was pretty. It was pretty damn good. You did a great job. Thank you. And this is. And the... there's a lot of points that you could take away from that. Exactly. It's crazy. Like as I was doing the research for this, I was like. You know? I never thought of it that way. And not even that, but it's just like, it was, it's like some stuff was just like, oh yeah, like it was sub, it was in my brain, but I never consciously thought of it. Right. And it's crazy. Well, it does make a lot of sense because horror itself is a huge genre. Yeah. Like you have. it's probably the biggest Genre. Yeah, it's one of the most, it's, I would have to say it's the most varied genre out of all the major genres. Like, you have, like, a major genres meaning, like, horror, action, drama, comedy, and romance. And sci-fi. Like, you can have a horror romance. You can have, you, like, horror can mix well with every other genre. Hold up. So one night Warren and I watched. Oh, boy. Zombie strippers. Oh God! That we had Robert watched, England in. in we it. watched the whole. Yeah, that's why we watched it. Yeah, he plays the D, he plays the owner of the strip club. We watched the whole fucking thing, and we laughed. Yeah, it's great. The whole fucking time, and then when it was over, we were like, "That was we, dumb." We really just watched that. Exactly. You want to watch a movie that makes you? But think- we watched it because it had Robert England in. Yes, and he plays the owner of the strip club. I've seen that movie. It was a. It was horrible, but it was it was fucking hilarious. But we watched it. You want other ones? There's so you stick to what you know. We love Robert England because he was Freddy Krueger. Exactly. And we were like, well, it can't be that bad. It was terrible. Yeah. But we still watched it. Yeah, like I watched the. Newest... I won't watch it again. Oh yeah, it's one of those one and it done was, things. It was a one and done. Yeah. Like... But it was like we were just talking about it the other night. Like. Remember when we watched Zombie Strippers? There's also Zombievers, Frankenhooker. I think I think I've heard of Frankenhooker. There's also the movie Rubber, which is about a psychic tire that kills people by exploding their heads. Psych Yes. It's a movie that exists. I've watched it. It's amazing. I'll take a hard pass on that one. Then there's Killer Sofa. Which is exactly what it sounds like. And that movie was bad, but hilarious. I have watched so many bad, but great horror... There are horror movies that are so bad that it's an art form. Like, I had just watched recently with Nikki and her boyfriend a a horror comedy called Inhuman Witch. Nah. And it is the... It's supposed to be a love letter to... Like, the black and white era of horror movies with, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space and all that. It is the funniest fucking thing I have ever... I have laughed... I have not laughed during a movie so hard (laughs) outside of watching that. We went way off the rails. But this is what I mean. Horror is such, like, a culturally diverse genre. And you can sit around and go, Yo, have you ever seen that fucking movie... Have you ever zombie strippers? Have you ever seen the greasy strangler? <laughs> that and somebody is well, guaranteed to either heard it, yep, or seen it. Me, I have both <laughs> heard of and seen the greasy strangler. That is a weird movie. See, 
so here's what we're trying to give you guys. The point is... Horror Al- brings everyone together. Yes. Whether it's a movie... A novel... A good, good or bad. Music... Good or bad. Um, a video game. Video games. Books. Novels. Books. TV shows. Anything. Horror is such a... Like I said, such a culturally... It's a versatile language. Exactly. Everybody has seen a horror movie. Everyone has or has heard played of a serial killer, yes, or a ghost story, yes. or a UFO story, there or something haunted. Exactly, it's all horror. Yeah, and there is there are characters from horror movies that people haven't seen, or like. Let me rephrase that: there are horror characters that everyone knows. Freddy, Jason, Jason Michael, Michael Tarman from uh, the Return of the Living Dead. The first character to ever go, brains. Yep. Which was Tar Man from 1985, by the way. That was a fun fact for you guys if I didn't already. Oh, no, I did bring it up. I brought it up in the zombie episode. But yeah, that is all, everyone. That was my my, my nice little essay on the psychology of horror. <laughs> you got to do those more often because the zombie one was good and this one was good, too. I'll have to, I'll have to start breaking down some classic horror stuff like that. So, guys... Whew. That, he's got to use his little hand fan. Oh, just... Sounds like he's revving up a goddamn RC car over there. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and, for listening to me ramble for an hour. <laughs> um, I do want to say that we need you guys to like, share, Tell all your friends. We no longer have ads. Yeah, we are we no longer. We don't get paid for our episodes right now because our listener count is low. Yeah, apparently like, they changed. Low, 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 low. Yeah, they, uh, they changed the parameters on what can get monetized and we have fallen out of said parameters. Um, so please, share this with everyone you know. Share this with people you don't know. Just share this. We are on... Uh, Apple Podcast, we are are on on Spotify, and we are on Amazon. Amazon. Yes, we're on three big ones, guys. Come on, share us. I'm pretty sure if we find the right distributor, we could be put on everywhere else that does podcasts, too. Yeah, well, you know, I I have to build a new website. Yeah. To find one that I like. Um, yeah, guys, you know, we're not all about the money, but it, it but helps money us. would be nice. It's not even like it's not even like the oh we don't do this for the money. It's the fact that like getting the earning. We're recording money, on a fucking iPhone. Yeah, the money would help us get better equipment. The money could help us uh, spend more time researching. It could help us go out and do like live research, which would be cool. I mean, like on haunted areas yes, and whatnot. We could yes. do. The money could help us get help th- us help you yeah the money could help us do interviews with people associated with horror like i could be like if if, like this would never happen as much as i would love it to i could interview john carpenter if the cards were right (laughs) and i would shit my pants um you know what next time i go to the horror convention if there's anyone we'll have to i'm gonna make business cards yes exactly and then we could um i could bring it up to people and be like hey would you mind... We're a little podcast, but we need help. Yeah, would you mind checking us out? Uh, if possible, would you be able to do, like, a short interview with us? Like, that's the kind of stuff that we could use the money for. 
Anyway, we're Once not begging, again. but we are. Anyhow, um, thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you guys for listening to Horror Cultural Wear. We grow love for all things spoopy, spoopy and macabre. Thank you guys Bye. for listening. See yous. If you have a suggestion or would like to reach out to us, or you just want to uh, hear more Horror Cultural, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or send us an email at horrorcultural at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Horror Cultural, Instagram at Horror Cultural, and Twitter at Horror Cultural. Should be obvious at this point. But yes, please follow us everywhere you can, and don't forget to check out our website when it inevitably is finished. Mm-hmm.